Welcome to the Integral Being podcast, a podcast where we explore integrated wisdom in a complex and fragmented world. I'm your host, Gregor Steinmauer, therapist, group facilitator, working with individuals, groups, and executives on transformation and an integrated and trauma-informed approach to life. My conversation partner is David Lyon. David is a coach for self-employed creative professionals and has been helping me with my online presence for the last years. In addition to that, he has been an important sparring partner in the creation of various online trainings and inspiring conversations such as this podcast. Welcome to the Integral Being podcast. This is David Lyon, Gregor's conversation partner in this podcast, so far at least. Um, in this episode, I asked Gregor on his perspective on the notion of self-sacrifice, which uh, in our culture, having a very strong Christian foundation, I think is a, is a very present theme. This idea that um, in order to be a good human being, you have to sacrifice yourself. Um, and so I ask him how, well, how does he see that? Uh, is that true? And how is that related to taking care of yourself? So um, prioritizing your well-being so that you actually can be of service. And yeah, I hope you enjoy his response as much as I did, as it really helped me put into perspective uh, what does true self-sacrifice mean? What is it actually that I'm sacrificing? And um, how is that connected to taking good care of myself? So uh, as often, how can I integrate this idea of self-sacrifice of service with uh, taking good care of myself? So enjoy. So the other one that I brought up was um, again, in a way, it's it's connected to narrative um, because I think it's a very Christian thing, this idea of self-sacrifice um, as like a, something to aspire to in life, to sacrifice yourself for the greater, um, like Jesus did. Um, and so the, the reason why this has been coming up for me is that a lot of people that I work with um, have this aspiration either because they are Christian or more unconsciously because you know that's just what they were told to um, follow as in sacrifice or more broadly um, contribute to something bigger so you're not just here for yourself you should contribute and the work that has been very effective with with them was kind of coming back to self-care first almost like acknowledging ah i skipped something here and so this contributing or sacrificing myself is not coming from a mature place inside of me but from some kind of survival impulse or trying to meet the expectations that are that are being put onto me and so yeah it's 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 fascinated me how how easy it is to skip steps 
and what you try to skip steps and and how lowering yourself to where you're really at and maybe taking a few steps back to where really the work needs to be done and so in this case it would be like taking yourself more seriously taking your needs more seriously um learning to uh honor your boundaries that that is actually more beneficial than following this principle of self-sacrifice or contributing to something bigger and so again this like question of how do i how do i hold these different things and um yeah like how easy it can be to get lost in following some idea right yeah and it's again it's actually not how do i hold different things because that's the problem when that's different things then then it becomes a problem because there is no space around the situation and you have a you seem to need to make a choice between left and right like my do is, is it my left hand that i should follow or my right hand or is it my my upper body or my my, my head or my my feet that i should follow like if there are different impulses coming out um and also it's very again like it's a problem with words because then we say self-sacrifice and everybody will understand and interpret that in a different way because if we go more into the mechanics of what that means because of course it's it's a very true uh principle that we all want to be as humans we have a a deep drive to be contained with something larger than ourselves like to be part of and kind of like merge with something bigger than just our small self as it's sometimes called like our personality our structure and our our um yeah identity in life that's like a, a the religious impulse and it's the i think it's one of the, the deepest impulse of life um and at the same time, that does not mean, as it's often been misinterpreted, that you have to sacrifice in the way like um, slaughter, crush the small self in order to be merged and um, embraced by the large self. It's rather uh, actually you need to have a self in order to be able to be giving yourself into something larger but it's very different because uh, often self-sacrifice is, is kind of like looked at as a way of you shouldn't be yourself so um don't even try don't even build that like let's go to the larger more noble more um right more transpersonal more collective whatever dimension immediately do something for the greater good don't just do something for yourself which is true but also what is then not understood if that's not done correctly that you first need to have a self otherwise you cannot give up something so you need to so the responsibility is to become somebody and from there widen your circle of concern and care and being embraced by something larger and if you exactly like you said if you skip that step you're not contributing you're reinforcing um actually a split because if giving myself up or giving myself to something larger is not coming out of a 
um, my power, my own will, which is connected to my power to do something, if that like surrender is uh, a forced surrender and not something that I choose to do, and of course life will help me make that choice, then it, it might look like the same, but it's very, very different. So if I, it's like, um, if I have to bow, let's say in church, uh, and you're, you're supposed to bow in front of, or in any temple in front of the deity, or you go to nature, or you go meet your grandfather or something, and then you're, you have to bow because that's the, uh, the thing that's expected of you to do, that's very different than if you go there to a deity, to a temple, to nature, to an elder, and you feel that this is actually the right thing to do, to bow and to pay your respect. And in a way, then you're giving up something of yourself in order to be informed by something larger than yourself, which is actually the power because self-sacrificing does not mean I kill myself and then the, by the virtue of like suffering, um, I'm a good person, but actually it's a painful ongoing <laughs> process, which has been like the di distorted Christian perspective that the virtue is in the suffering, but that's not true. So like if I suffer properly in life, I'm showing that I'm devoted. And that informs a lot of um, unconscious interpretations and then like kind of residues of that religious imprint in our lives a lot so um but the suffering or the pain is an element in that larger process that it hurts often giving up something that we're attached and identified with and that process import is important to go through something like a sense of discomfort and Surrender is uh, surrendering is always is always um, not always, but very often, if it's more significant, it is a process that has a challenge to it, and you need, need to take a leap of faith because you don't know where you will land. And in that faith, or in that moment of faith, actually, you're you're growing. And so what is being given up then? Well, um, that you are the most important, or that, you, that you're the end of the line of importance. Mm -hmm. Or in another way saying like um, a false sense of independence and also a stance of isolation in life that you're not in a chain of existence that you're always contained by something larger and identification with it's basically it's a habit you have to give up a habit that that you've grown into our identifications are habits that we've grown into and they feel they are at the same time restricting but they also feel very comfortable so it's a sense of a perceived sense of safety, which of course then talks to the experiences we made in life, how much I've learned and grown into the experience of that safety is not in holding on to something, but being in a moment like um, surrendering again and again to life. 
but that's like a learned experience in our nervous system that we in a way then have either more good references with and experiences even though each time it's a new step it's a new step also you can't really you more and more get familiar with it but each time like death is, is a death <laughs> it's it's like you cannot just um said i've done it already it's like present is present you cannot prepare for it so but there is also of course like a um an experience in the nervous system of or in our being that is more and more familiar with that process and then invites more and more um the willingness and the the and of course practices that help us connect to the sense of that this is right even though it might feel difficult but still something in a way already informs you this is right like knowing taking that leap is right even though in the moment it feels difficult so there, there are previous experiences that can kind of help us like resources and then also like an aspiration or a drive in our being or practices that we do anybody has a kind of meditation or spiritual practice in a way that's what you do you connect to a larger sphere or body than yourself where yourself are embedded into or the movement of life like if you're walking in nature and you really relax into the into nature at one point you feel more contained by something that's way bigger than yourself you feel time is different size is different and like life is different or if you're supporting somebody else you also feel like you're you're more connected to something larger than just your own orientation in, in that moment but again then if you're overriding your own boundaries then you're not respecting life in yourself anymore and that's the that's the kind of the dance all the time and ideally these are not two like i respect my boundaries and from there i know what is my contribution and maybe it stretches me to very uncomfortable places but the orientation is not that i have to give up or i have to maybe give something up that i had previously thought is actually me but it's not the more i give myself up the more i am in surrender and the more i'm in contribution and it's very clear like anybody that had taken care of somebody like parents or taking care of, of uh, like parents for children or uh, taking care of elderly people or being in a kind of like healthcare profession or something where you where you often have to give a lot or taking care of elderly parents at home which are some of the most demanding um things you can do in life when somebody's like in a very strong or taking care of somebody that has an accident or something is incapacitated so you always go to the edge where um you will either if you're not taking care of your own boundaries you will burn out and like life shows that then very clear like the more you would burn yourself out it's not then that you're taking care better of life so it's not sustainable and of course in certain moments sometimes we have to stretch then and we have to over 
overcome certain limitations, but it's not a, um, a sustainable perspective per se. And then people also reported you can do a lot more than we normally think. So, so somehow you also um, maybe tap into different resources, but that's very different then like expanding is yourself is very different than sacrificing yourself, sacrificing in the kind of coming out of a habit. And of course, some people grew up in a way that the only way to belong and to have a right to exist was to abandon yourself, like abandon your own impulses, abandon your own authority, autonomy, desires, and so forth. Making yourself like making yourself making yourself seemingly powerless was the only power that was left. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that what, what you're describing in terms of those are actually not two different movements touches on the confusion that this concept brings up in me is like the way you talk about sacrifice it actually serves me ultimately. It's not against me. It's, but the way we're talking about it is like you have to, or the way at least I'm, <laughs> I've learned, I've internalized it is I have to give myself up for something bigger. And so the, yeah, like there's a really strong split then between what's good for me or what's good for uh, everyone else. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, then for me, the question comes up. So the other thing, uh, the what I hear beneath this split is a fundamental mistrust in human beings. Like human beings are inherently selfish. And so we have to, uh, you know, teach them and um, make sure that they actually uh, contribute to something bigger um, because they themselves wouldn't do that. Like that's, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is what I'm hearing beneath that. And so then the question for me is, if it is inherent in human beings to contribute, like if that's anyway the, the movement of life, wouldn't it then make sense to focus on strengthening individuals primarily to make sure that they have good boundaries because the, the the stretch will anyway happen or is it actually necessary to have some kind of nudge in this direction of uh surrender both so again it's it's both and um which is always movement and growth happens when what seems to be a contradiction gets united into one coherent field or into one united or coherent experience. Because when I, um, so there were a couple of things you were, you were mentioning. So um, human beings are not inherently anything. The life in human beings is, is life and life has a very clear orientation and movement. 
and so and towards more and more coherence. And of course, human beings have very strong tendencies. And we also have been wounded in the capacity to align with those tendencies. And we have cut, we have built cultures around certain things so that it's very, it's more difficult that other impulses will come through. So now, so it's very clear that strengthening the individual self is not in opposition to um, strengthening life. And it's also very important that, um, but again, then we need to define more clear what is, what is our notion of individuality? Is that an opposition to something larger, which we often now kind of go like, okay, now I need to individually, means I need to go away. That's a movement in the individuation, but that's not the individual. The individual is being, is being having a clear reference within a larger field, but not only self-referencing through isolating myself and distancing and disconnecting from the larger sphere, which is often the unconscious um, yeah, way we, we experience individuality, which is not really individual yet, is actually getting stuck in, in a movement of disconnecting. And then one thing is important, what you said in the beginning, that so is it good for me or is it good for the for the world again when we are asking that question we're we're off track because there is nothing in life that and, it, and it's kind of like in a way simple to understand that if life is one <laughs> um, experience and in many different shapes and forms and now we have to find out whom is it good for we're not respecting the stream of life. It cannot work like in a big sense. Of course, there are small movements. The way we experience situations is often different that I have to give up something that feels like, oh, it's difficult for me, but it actually does serve you, but not the you that you're identified in that moment. It's the you that you're aspiring to become that is more embedded in the larger we or it or life. So when like, cause that doesn't really exist that means also like the self-sacrificing in the self of the self-flagellation of like, I have to give up myself and then I'm doing good for the world doesn't work because if it, it's just not how, how life works, that if it's not good for like, start from the other way around, like a situation that serves you and then I feel it also serves me, but maybe in a different way than I would have expected. And then it serves lives. We all feel that's right. So when I feel like, oh, in order to serve life, I have to diminish myself, pull down my, uh, my desire and my right to stand up for my boundaries. I'm, I'm creating a split. I'm not creating a flow of, of life where it's a win-win-win, it's like a win-lose, and then we're in a power battle, which has lots of other consequences, but often they're not seen at first. So we all know a victim stance of like giving myself up has always a resentment component to it that will eventually either hurt my own body, which is life, or it will hurt the relationship of the people involved, which is life. And it will not. It doesn't contribute because you're not. You're not able to actually give something anymore. And it even hurts 
the refusal of being supported is also life. You know, it makes people happy if you if somebody if you can support somebody. But if somebody always says, no, 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 I don't need, um, I can do it myself, you're not engaging in life, you're not respecting what other people want to give. And then um, so only giving and never receiving is not respecting life. So it's like a fundamental principle that um, when something is only good for one person and only bad for another person, we're, we're outside of the, the principles of life in a way, and also then out of sustainability. And of course, we're, we're so used that we live in these kind of like power struggles in the world that we had to find our way often growing up to orient ourselves in this and then comes on top like conditioned ideas that kind of strengthen and reinforce those habits and patterns and give us a sense of false comfort like yeah it's really good if you sacrifice yourself and you will be rewarded later um, which again is a true principle that sometimes I have to learn to give up something for the pleasure of now and I will be embraced by a bigger reward later but if that is not again a movement but a principle stance in life um, then I'm sacrificing my whole life wait until I'm entering the kingdom of heaven and might be up for a little surprise <laughs> that uh, suddenly is like not nah, because then you already see like okay now I sacrificed a lot and now it's pay time come on deliver now and then we're not an active participant in life where we're in a disconnection and demand position and that of course all of this is it's somehow simple to understand when we look at it but um, this is also tightly encoded some of these these habits is tightly encoded in cultural habits and values and they're very they have a strong weight they had had weight for for thousands of years um, so we might kind of understand it, but find ourselves strongly motivated by such um, patterns and habits. Um, you said something at the very beginning that, uh, that I want to check. Um, and there's one more piece I want to bring in. So you said human beings are not inherently anything, but life like life has a clear direction when we let it flow that's kind of how i understood it and then you were talking about certain patterns that we developed as humans but that's also life right like that's not that's not apart from life so i mean i get it like that's not where life wants to stay <laughs> like the the drive of life will be to dissolve those patterns but they did develop. So they are in a way part of the movement or they have been part of the movement of life. So I'd love to hear, yeah, your thoughts on this. And the other thing that I want to bring in is, um, let's pause on this. Let, let's stay with this one first, otherwise, because it's a, it's a big one. Maybe you can make a mental note of the other one. Um, so maybe we have to refine it a bit. It's, again, it's like deep territory then about what's the nature of life and of human beings. So, um, so life has a life is good. Life is sacred. I think that's a that's a ground principle we can all land on. 
and everything that happens is still also life but it doesn't mean that it's all equal and human beings is not human beings are not something like good or evil per se but so at the very ground it's also the human life is sacred um, because we're part of where we're in life or a creation of life and we have a, a potential for free will and we have a potential or a capacity to discern what serves life or the the orientation of life what's what's good true and beautiful as many traditions define in different ways and what is more falling out of that what what are what is aligned in alignment with the sacredness of life and what is more falling out or violating the principles of life so we're not something of the mix in, in a per definition but we have uh, a capacity to orient towards that more and and it's sometimes a confusion that we say yeah but it's all life like it's pattern or there's a word it's also all life yeah, it's true but it doesn't um <laughs> first of all it doesn't help anything because then we just get nihilistic and say well, it's all life and life will no one to do but we are active agents in the process of life and we have been there's a lot of woundedness that is existing in our current world but there's also the capacity and the drive to heal and that needs people to make choices that move more towards healing towards coherence towards um, support rather than not or rather than going into the um, process of just self-referencing myself because what you said before sometimes an individual can be just like i'm just self-referencing myself and i'm not connected and aware by something larger than myself this gets destructive at one point like until a certain point it's important but then it's destructive because life is not moving further and then it hits like it becomes not a, a river that flows it becomes a, a vortex that that circles and cycles around itself and at that point life becomes more and more disturbed so um we all have the capacity to orient towards the more and all the choices that i'm taking doing every day are ways that i can follow come back more into that stream of life or more staying outside and even just like being a bystander and saying like yeah it's all life is not acting on your on your responsibility and also on your inherent drive but it maybe is an effect of many other patterns that you've been running in your life that actually previously um, protected you but now are being called to it's like when you stop the river it starts to self-reference or like hits like you, you build a dam at first it's even a lovely little play of, of pressure on water and, and constriction with time it builds pressure it builds pressure and it builds pressure and it builds pressure and it builds pressure which you can make electricity from you can harness that pressure um, but also if that grows even further it will become a destructive force and then again you say oh so is the water a destructive force and it's life but the way it expresses itself is a consequence of things that happened before where there was not um, where flow 
was not happening and then it, it, it has a certain way of now restoring itself until uh, um, unless somebody is doing that skillfully which is more not just letting things happen but skillfully applying that we can rebuild this flow in a way that doesn't hurt more but um, can be integrated into life mm -hmm. so yeah i think this is a good place for the second piece that i wanted to bring in which is um, acknowledging that what seems like, um, let's say, conflict or opposition on one level, from a larger perspective, actually create as a is a, creates equilibrium. Like if I look at. Uh, the immune system and the constant wars our immune system is battling against uh, bacteria and viruses and so on um like it, it kind of makes me think of like what is that coherence i guess i have a weird image in my head of coherence being some kind of uh airy fairy there's no conflict everything is in beautiful harmony with each other um because, I mean, I could take this perspective of, okay, what on some, on some level is terrible and bacteria are dying. I could take it to the human level and say, yeah, uh, war is happening and it's terrible. And maybe, I don't know, there is some bigger perspective where it's like, yeah, this is somehow part of a bigger equilibrium. And I'm even thinking of the Bhagavad Gita where, right, like that's kind of, what's happening is that the protagonist is facing war and is saying like that's ridiculous i don't want to fight and then he's being advised in a way of saying like play your role in life so yeah it just makes you think like what like what what is that coherence and what is what what how do i know really what's hurting life and what isn't because it always depends on like how zoomed in or zoomed out i am or at least that will uh, change my perspective. Yeah. And um, also given the time that be maybe leads us to another discussion also about coherence and uh, what I sometimes call like the anatomy of a problem, like how much space there is around a certain experience. Because what you're describing is just taking different perspectives, which is already a very good um awareness practice to kind of create more flexibility and fluidity in the human psyche and uh, and identifying with different ways of looking at the same situation so it's a, it's a great like mental and spiritual muscle training um but then it also uh, needs to involve another step which is not only how i look at situations but also what is my calling and my responsibility to respond to this situation because I can go into a spiritual bypassing mode, zoom out and just see the unfolding of war and terror and the beauty of all of it. And it's true that it um, can be looked at this, but it can also pull me so far out that I abandon my principles and ethical orientation and um, 
responsibility to respond because there is no life without me because then it would look like life is out there and I'm a spectator but we're never outside of life so as long as I'm embodied I'm part of this embodied creation and there is no creation that happens without me and I'm playing a role in it so that means there's responsibility in it and of course I can also go so into a situation and being so identified and not noticing that I'm playing a certain role. So in my interpretation, what happens in Bhagavad Gita is um, the advice is to go into life, but to remain aware that you are in life and that you are embodying a certain role. That means that you still have, that you have impulse in the flesh incarnated, but also awareness that um, that this is happening so you're not just absorbed by all the things that are going on and that's very hard <laughs> and that's what went because when when all space is lost we're we're either not even aware that there's a problem or we just call it a, a, a problem but if we start to create space around something we see it as a situation where i also can decide either to do something or to surrender which is a, a doing um, or an, an, an awareness action or to draw in certain resources or find whatever is the, the best way to respond to this situation. So it's, we have to be always suspicious when we find one perspective that says that's how I look at life because often it's a kind of comfortable hideout from, and it's true, life is it's very challenging and it's brutal and coherence is not in something coherence is when something is held again like what we said before in a larger sphere in a larger field in a larger awareness and then it has a possibility that it can orient towards that if it doesn't have that um, it cannot organize itself into the next higher form of complexity it will just stay in a repetitive cycle maybe even downward spiral um, because life doesn't know where to go so it just starts to, to spin around itself and creates many experiences and then when there is space around it it can not always will but it, it can then initiate the movement towards the next form and shape and that's what we often then call a, a wonder or a miracle or a, um, a blessing or a grace or whatever like something happened oh god thank you and nobody could do it you could try to do a wonder try to, to, to try to do grace you're uh, trapped nobody could do it but we're still active agents in this life <laughs> <laughs> freaking paradox <laughs> how life tends to unfold through paradox and um, the maturation that in holding the paradox asks us to become okay thank you thank you for the conversation today David Thank you for listening to the Integral Being podcast. To learn more about my work, go to integralbeing.at and I hope to see you there.